Shrimp, and welcome to a micro-dosing special. And by special, I mean this will not be a short format, nor will it be about healthcare. Uh, but I am taking some time to catch up with some friends of mine that also run podcasts and were uh, heavily influential in the launch of mine, and only thought it would be right to share the conversation with others. Uh, in this episode, we'll be sitting down with Jesse Turwall, host of Breakthrough Builders, Joseph Gelman, host of Outliers, and Matt Zucker, host of Rising. Hope you enjoy. Jesse, Matt, and Joseph, good morning and buenas tardes. Hi, Paul. What is up? Great to be here. Well, I am excited to be speaking with all of you today um, as each of you, whether you know it or not, played a, some sort of a role of getting me over the tipping point of getting into podcasting, even if your podcast is done completely in Spanish and I listened to only your two <laughs> English episodes. Um, but I'd love to kind of just kick things off with just uh, a quick background on each of your podcasts. And since Joseph picked on yours just a second ago, I'd love for you to kick us off and talk to us about Outliers. Great. So, you know, like a great profiteer, I like to say that my podcast is about storytelling. So people are probably are proud of me. So what I do is basically do interviews and it's, uh, it's other business interviews, 70% entrepreneurs and 30% executives. And the 70% entrepreneurs is mainly digital entrepreneurs with startups, VC founded, you know, because it's Spain, it's a smaller community. I'm able to speak to all the hot digital startups that are becoming unicorns, et cetera, et cetera. And then also a lot of people who are in their creative space who have started consulting firms, design agencies, and all of that. So I think that's the main aspect. And I like to mix it. I like it to be business. And also I try to make it personal when the interviewee allows it. So I would say that that's what my podcast is about. I know, Jesse, tell us about yours. Yeah, I'll talk a little about the origin of the podcast and then get to what it is. So when I came on board as the head of brand at Qualtrics a few years ago, one of the things I noticed about our content and our thought leadership in the space was that it needed a little bit of modernization. It was a little long in the tooth, a lot of PDFs, a lot of sales sheets, a lot of things that were a little difficult to engage in. And it needed to do a better job spotlighting customers and people in the community versus just products and people at Qualtrics. And so when I thought about modernization and I thought about putting the spotlight more on people in the Qualtrics community, I thought a series of conversations about topics that matter to folks in the Qualtrics ecosystem could be a really cool way to do it. And a podcast was one mechanism to approach that. And uh, a couple of years later and some 575 hours of content later, here we are. And what we're trying to do with Breakthrough Builders, the podcast is celebrate people who put unbelievable experiences into the world. At Qualtrics, our brand is all about breakthroughs. And we wanna to talk to people and have open and engaging conversations with folks who were accomplished builders, accomplished makers and, and doers across every industry and understand what influences in their lives led them to make the decisions that they did and what experiences they had in their personal life and in their work life that shaped the way that they imagine and invent to give our audience the inspiration and insight that they need and that they're looking for so they can go build their own breakthroughs. So that's what we're about. How about you, Matt? How do you think about yours? Mine's a marketing podcast. 
and but it's not about marketing it's about marketing careers and it's about people's trajectories that go up it and i wrote a book about my own career so i got really sentimental and i've always been fascinated about how people make their choices and there are other marketing careers podcasts there's cmo moves there's a lot of at the senior or the board level but um but Josh Boaz of Direct Agents, a digital marketing firm, and I became buddies, and we realized that there weren't a lot of conversations about the future leaders, the next run-up, the number twos, the people that were going to be our clients in six months or a year already were. So what if we could focus on them and how they made their choices, and could we learn more from them? And that would help people both coming up the ladder as well as ones that are already there with another cycle or two, you know, left in their careers. So we created this podcast called Rising, which I cajoled uh, profit and direct agents into sponsoring. Plug here, if you have not read Bronze Seeks Silver by Matt Zucker, go yeah. check it out today. It is some wonderful oh, storytelling thanks. about the career of Matt Zucker. Oh, thanks. And I do need to to slip in a plug for, for Liz Weber, who I believe came up with the name yeah. rising and then i totally roped her in to help me figure out kind of the the script and kind of value prop for microdosing as well I'm like hey you seem to be good at, at, at verbal branding podcasts can you help me as well but she's been a little yeah it's become a whole industry speaker. right and when we realized we had to come up with a name for the podcast we really i'm like oh well, we should use our own naming practice so we turned yeah. to liz and we use the principles that profit uses anyway to figure out the naming of the podcast and it's really stuck and now we're in our second season there's one segment we have that i really love that i think could be its own book jesse which is called thank you notes and we love ask each, each guest to thank someone from their past that opened up a door or made an indelible impression on them and it's the most emotional nice charming teachable thing in the world and i think people really love it so it's my favorite part of the show i started my podcast so i had to steal the name from a book it's actually, yeah, it's stolen from, from the Malcolm Gladwell book, Outliers. Yeah. And the story is interesting because just before I started, I was interviewing a podcast and somebody asked me, so what's, what's your famous business, your favorite business book? And to me, I don't read m many business books, but I did read that one. I really liked it. So I said, well, it's Outliers by Michael Gladwell. So a few weeks afterwards, when I started the podcast, that's the name I took. Similarly, I was trying to figure out something different. Actually, Matt, your City at podcast, I think it was the first podcast I, I listened to that had a short format going, oh, you can do a podcast in five to seven minutes. And and then I found myself dabbling in Clubhouse a couple of years ago, um, which I'm not really, I didn't stick there. But I was, because mine's a healthcare podcast, I got really amazed that I looked at my phone 20 minutes into a meeting. It was a physician panel. We are still on introductions. They are still going through their full resume. They are talking about these philosophies in healthcare, which has a huge bias. I'm just like, we just need to have more tangible, to-the-point conversations in, in my pocket of the world. And I'm like, well, if Jesse, Matt, and Joseph are doing this, I'm getting into the pool. Um, and then microdosing was launched with a similar kind of thinking, like how do I get somebody's attention? And then also... Um, give myself an outlet to let, let my personality and my snarkiness kind of come out. That's not necessarily tied to my employer all the time. So that was how mine was born. And I think uh, it's interesting where I'm not sure if everybody's liking it, but, but I think the right people are liking it or the audience. I think I'm building it for seems to be, seems to be resonating there. Yeah. I mean, you're smart to do short form too. I think so there's too many out there that are the hour, hour and a quarter, hour and a half long podcasts, and maybe that'll return when commuting comes back. But I think that short form 
is a good differentiator and is a way to cut through the clutter because it's really it's hard to get listened to and it's hard to get listened to all of your show. Yeah. And it's in some ways it's just a triage. Like when I'm listening to all your podcasts, like I'm online or checking out people's profiles. So it's just like, hey, here's a per here's a person, here's a product, here's a business, here's something to think about. And then you can go you can go to any rabbit hole you want from there. Any of you guys been tempted to do video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually one of the plans I have for next year is trying to do video. And that, that's what I want to do. I get the sense that YouTube, it's a great platform for that. It just, you know, just for me, the editing is so intense because I do longer podcasts, like 30 to 50 minutes. That I don't know how I could, I could fit video into my schedule, but I'm really tempted to do video. People who Tech come content. on the show want to, want to do video because a, a lot of times I'll, I'll have a chief product officer or a chief marketing officer or even in some cases a CEO and you know while they might not need it necessarily for personal branding purposes there's almost that expectation now that their persona and their vibe and their personality is going to all come through and and audio to some extent is that but I think people are looking for kind of that multimodal way of kind of finding their voice expressed in, in the world that's not through the written word. So audio is a great start, but I do feel like if you can get video, not just because people want to necessarily use their eyes and their ears, but just because of the reach of YouTube yeah. and some of the more kind of video based things you can do yeah. once you slice and dice the content and feed it into paid campaigns on social can really magnify stuff magically. See, I'm still 50-50. I think half my calls are, this isn't going to be video, is it? And it's like people are like, I want to do the audio, but I don't want my face up. So I'm still kind of a, there's a there's a 50-50 segmentation. Paul, it's in because my you're role. too handsome and people are nervous. My mom has said I'm the most attractive boy in school, so I, I think she'd agree with that. <laughs> Who's been your favorite guest, Joseph? Who Who really stands out as someone that maybe surprised you in a good way? Personally, I really enjoy Michael Dunn because of many reasons because it was it was the first one well he's a profit ceo if somebody outside of profit is, is is watching this and you know he's been like a mentor and a friend to me for a long time it was the first one i did in english which for me was was a challenge and also like i feel like profit even though i don't work there is still my company and you know i'm still a shareholder and finally it just felt like closing a cycle in my life and that was really intense, right? Because, you know, I've, I've been 11 years at Profit. I left. You know, it was always, you know, should I come back? There's always good relationship. And that sort of helped me, like, close that cycle and tell the Profit story. And I, I feel, like, super proud of being the one that told the, the, the Profit story with Michael. So that, for me, was super special. I learned more about profit in that one podcast than the 16 years I've been here in terms of like the origin story and kind of so much <laughs> that I wasn't around for. It was a great little like history sneak peek or, or kind of audio Wikipedia page that never existed. So I go all the way back to season one, episode one, actually, as probably my favorite and one of the most impactful ones for me personally, which was the conversation with Robert Chetwani, who's the chief marketing officer at Atlassian. And he told the story on the podcast that he hadn't told publicly before about how when he was named the global CMO for eBay 
after John Donahoe had come in as the chief executive officer, he was finding himself kind of at odds with what the strategy of the company was, loosely speaking, like trying to compete with Amazon instead of doing, you know, C to C stuff. So strategy was going one way, his soul was going the other way. And the way he honestly contended with that and went and found like the next opportunity because what he was doing at the current moment was not aligned to his personal purpose. And like understanding that people make choices based on their purpose. And here's a person who's super accomplished and has done all these wonderful things and built all these great teams. And there's some pretty odd, audacious and bold kinds of career moves. And that really set the table for the kinds of depth and honesty and authenticity that future guests would, would come to the table with. So I look all the way back to, to Robert Chetwani as being kind of my, my number one, but man, there's been some awesome ones along the way too. My, my favorite guests are the ones that really prepare for it. I don't know why. I mean, the spontaneity is great, but the Portia Mount, VP of Train Technologies, came on, and she's I think she's done a lot of writing, and she has her own podcast herself, and she just had her like playbook for building a career, and she kind of laid it out for people. And I could just feel people taking notes. I was as, as they do it. And my other favorite thing is when guests get thoughtful about what the listener needs to hear from them and shows a very vulnerable moment. For example, careers, most people are not really planned. Most of these people really just kind of winged it. And hearing that is so shocking because I think we all had, think we had plans and I did, you know, that kind of stuff. But most people, at least on my podcast so far, and we've had about a hundred guests have not had planned trajectories for their careers. And that's really shocking and, and impressive. Yeah. I have a follow-up question for you, Matt, or the rest. So do you guys um, storyline the interview? Because I, I am big on that. So I'll do with everybody. I'll do two, two conversations. And then what I found out is that people who come on the podcast really appreciate that. I had a guy from Mercado Libre, which is the biggest Latin America company, and he told me, man, this has been like the best interview <laughs> I've had in my life because it was prepared. I don't know how you guys do it. In the beginning, no. we did uh, preparation interviews where we really did a call to get to know the person's career and help me prepare, help me know to ask for them, to remind them to bring up and let them rehearse. And we have a structure to the show. I started to worry it was getting too structured and too formulaic and not mixed up enough. So this season, we're going to try to change the format a little bit and shorten it and do some other things because I think I was getting too static with it. But I agree that some degree of preparation, both for you and for the end person, is worthwhile than just leaving it to chance. I think it's the respect that you show for the guest with it, you know, that you, when, when they get that. Uh, preview, they get that outline and I just do it as a, as a doc that I don't know, it's four or five pages long and I'll have a sequence of questions that's, you know, ordered in a certain way and structured in a certain way. It's like having the deck at the meeting, right? It's like the old consulting one. It's like, you might not even get past page no. one, but the point is you're prepared for the mm -hmm. conversation. It just sends a signal. When I prepare just a simple outline with 15 questions yeah. or 12 questions, it doesn't actually matter if we stick to the scripts. Just the fact that they know their time is being honored and respected goes such a long way. Yeah, same. I've got an assistant arc, which is get comfortable with the interviewee, move into the topic, and also close with the interviewee. Because I think as we kick things off, so many people of us listen to the podcast for the person. There's, there's a topic and there's a company or there's a brand or there's something in there, but there's so much wrapped around that person. So letting that person kind of come through 
touch on the topic, but I'm also conscious I don't want to over-engineer it where they intimidate it. I have a side interest in like comedy. I listen to a lot of Saturday Night Live podcast, but they'll often say, don't bring your best material to dress, save it for the live show. So there's an interesting thing about preparing, and I think Matt and Joseph's point, not over-preparing to where it feels robotic, but the, the participant knows where we're going is, is yeah. very important. And then what was the tipping point for, for many of you? I know this is not a topic where we're always thinking about it, but, but at some point, each of you said, I'm going to do this. And I'd love to see if you can recall what that that moment was. It was a realization that we were uh, that the Qualtrics content needed modernization, and we needed to celebrate guests and our community more. Look, that that was the strategic side of it. The emotional side of it was, I left Profit on April third of twenty twenty. April third of twenty twenty was not an easy time to go transition into another job. So I started this new job at Qualtrics April 6th of 2020 and coming out of consulting and then getting forced into lockdown, like took away essentially all human interaction at the professional level for a really long time. The same is probably true for all of us, but man, it was like a big dark vacuum in my life. I enjoyed consulting for so many reasons, but the number one thing was like, I'm having a little bit of an impact in how these people's careers are taking shape and the impact they're putting in the world. And I miss having conversations that tell those stories. And so I, I knew any way I could, you know, in the pandemic to find my way back to that energy I was going to take. And just looking at how audio took off as people needed to kind of get away from the monotony of the craziness going on in their homes and the changes they were going through personally, professionally, you know, emotionally, et cetera. It's like, this is an authentic way for me to fill my own soul a little bit. And I think hopefully put a tiny bit of content into the world that can help people through the moment that was ignited by the pandemic. And so I look, I, I knew early on, I wanted to do something selfishly and also empathetically. And so pretty much as soon as we came up with the thesis for, okay, let's make it about breakthroughs. Let's celebrate the people. Let's tie it to our brand. You know, we were off to the races from, from idea to first episode drop was only about two and a half months. In my case, it's interesting. So <clears throat> over a week I had to moderate a webinar for a client. And then I was invited, I was interviewed in a podcast of a university friend of mine who reconnected with me. And I thought, oh, I really like this. So it was December, work was low, it was pandemic. We could not go to many places. And I, I just said, well, I'm going to do a podcast. And I called a couple work-related friends and I, I searched on Google, how do you do a podcast? And I remember I used the, micro, the microphone that the client had given me for the webinar. And that's how I started. For me, from idea to first episode being published, it was like a week and a half. <laughs> and what was interesting was that I, I, I thought like 50 people are going to listen to this. With the second episode, suddenly it got like 300 streams in the first week. And then it just started growing and growing. And I would say the second tipping point was the first one I, I interviewed someone outside my network. Like the first 10, 12 episodes were people, friends or work colleagues, people I knew very well. And then after that, when I started interviewing people out of my network, that's when it became real. 
I was always going to do a podcast in, in marketing. I just didn't know what the, the idea would be. And, I, you know, I started my career in radio advertising, doing writing radio ads. So I've always loved radio and audio. And early on, in like 2005, I got into podcasting, producing client podcasts. So I did one for Johnson & Johnson, AccuView, for CIT Group. So I got behind, you know, behind the mic, really, or I'm not in front of it. And more recently, Josh Boas, my buddy at Direct Agents, said we should do a podcast on marketing. I'm like, oh, there's so many. I'm only going to do it if we can come up with an original idea or something a little different. And that's when we came up with the idea of rising and the, the number twos in, in marketing or the rising people or the future leaders of the industry because we thought that would have a little bit of a little bit of edge. But once we decided to do it, it was really fast. The tools have become so easy from when I first did podcasting about being able to get up and running, the cost of doing it. Uh, it still takes time, but less time. I'm afraid of doing video like all of, all of you want to do because I just think it'll double or triple the amount of preparation. But I'm really keen on it. I just think it's a hot medium and still imperfect. Still imperfect. Yeah. You know, we're still figuring out what it can be like and how long these shows can be. Yeah. That, that's a little bit of part of it as well that I, I enjoy is uh, learning something new. It's scratching an itch around curiosity. When I launched mine, I sometimes do op-ed. My first season series was just op-ed. Like, I'm just going to share some thoughts. We'll see if a healthcare podcast with a little bit of a reverence actually does anything. Because I just wanted to say, hey, wake up on a few of these topics that really have permission to do in client meetings or professional settings. But learning the software, like going through, okay, I'm going to tinker with Anchor, and then I'm going to try out Audacity. Oh, there's a Descript out there. I did Vimeo. I was, and just learning and playing with something um, was really satisfying. And that's where it really, I'm surprised how much I've um, fallen in love with it. I just, I like it. I like doing my podcast at events to Matt, to your point, like I can flip up, I can flip three podcasts a day with the software that's out there. And I'm still amazed that there's other people making content where I'll do a podcast interview for somebody else. And it goes out like three months later. I'm like, what's taking so long? So I think we're filling the time well, but I'd love to kind of just uh, cycle around and just get people's thoughts in terms of what's the year ahead look like for each of you. I really want to change things up. I think Josh and I are already starting to change the format a little bit and figure out, you know, should it be more of a how-to guide rather than just people's musings? So I think we're going to play around with how we ask the questions and what we ask our guests to tell the audience and be more of a service journalism approach rather than a memoir approach and i think it'll make it more active rather than passive i also think we can pre repurpose some of our content like like i said into the book of thank yous or lessons for someone rising up in the marketing career so i think there's a thoughtful way to do more with what with what we have that said i think we have to be smarter about production and about getting things out faster like you said and also like i've really learned like to have a beginning and an end like when does the season end <laughs> When can I go on vacation? Yeah, I've learned to do series because like this is just like we can make our own rules, but I call them bookmark episodes where it's oh. just like I'll do like a wave like this. I've got a I just wrapped up a, a series right. at one convention. I've got one coming up where I'm collaborating with Jeffrey Roche on uh, the healthcare worker shortage. But then after that's done, I just drop a temporary episode saying, hey, I'm taking the next few weeks off. I'll, I'll come back to you in March or April. Uh, because I got a day job <laughs> and, but it's a nice way of saying the audience going, don't expect episodes. I'm assuming they're not listening to me as like, I'm some kind of professional syndicated aspect, but to your point, Matt, there's just kind of, it has to be a signal going, we're stopping here or picking up later, right. or if there's a rhythm, what that rhythm is. To me, this podcast thing started as a sidekick. It was basically main intellectual curiosity. 
and over the last six months, this thing has really grown. I've started to, to get attention and the quality of the interviewees has really grown. So, so this has become like an essential part of who I am and, and I've built a community around it. You know, we have a WhatsApp group at the end of each season, I do like 10, 10 interview season. So at the end of each season, I bring the, the, the people from the season into the WhatsApp group and every four months we do a dinner and 15 to 20 people show up. And now I've gone solo, you know, I left my, my corporate job two months ago and I decided I'm going to be solo for, for six months at least. I mean, like 80% of the job comes through the podcast network, which is amazing. Wow. It's so like once I got my corporate title out of my LinkedIn, mm -hmm. like people just felt they have permission to approach me, which is great. I get approached for, from people offering me jobs mm -hmm. all the way to, you know, they were speaking to like these guys who, who have six ice cream shops in Madrid. They want to speak to me. I said, what the heck do I know? Well, I don't know. You know a lot because you have a podcast. <laughs> so, so they were asking all these questions about their business. Over time, this has gone from something I do on the side to something like essential to my personality in my professional life. And especially the way that people perceive me, like a lot of people in Spain will know you're the guy, he's the guy from the outliers podcast. So, so to me, that's been interesting and fascinating. There is this community aspect. Like, it's not like a formal community, but like, again, I, I'm queuing off the conference I went to three weeks ago, but to walk around and see familiar faces of people I talk to or other podcasters, like it's like a whole subculture of like, I connect with other podcasters. You talk to so-and-so and you go there, but like the, yeah. the energy and the connectivity I had walking into an event was dramatically different than before I had a podcast to many of your points, Joseph. And to answer the question, which I didn't answer. So video, as I, I said, is something I want to explore. So I'm going to finish season 10, which I've started recording. And it's going to take me through January and Feb. And my idea is to pause for like a couple months after that and evaluate video and see if I can do video. And the other thing I would like to do is I'd like to publish twice a week. I'd like to do one episode, which is an interview, such as I do today. And then I would like to do a second episode with two other people and having more or less the same people all the time and, and do it around... Hmm. Um, ecosystem news, business news, et cetera, et cetera. Just like, um, like a chat between friends. Yeah. So what we're going to do from a business perspective, uh, thinking of this as the Qualtrics podcast is really align the guest list and the slate of folks we invite to the kind of target personas that we have for, for 23. So there'll be certain kinds of titles, certain career experiences that in some ways are the same folks who've been on. We might do a little bit less with kind of the author segment or the somebody who's the CEO of a gaming company, for example, and focus more on people who, when they look at their P&L in the context of like running a business in a recession are accountable for a great customer experience. So think more COOs, chief marketing officers, VPs of kind of digital experience, fo folks like that, just so that it kind of catches the tailwind of our broader content strategy and amplification plans within the marketing organization. I would say though, like Joseph, um, we really want to add just that more kind of accessible conversation and just fun sort of stuff is, is I think essential to the franchise and essential to how our brand shows up, our brand pillars being simple and human and credible and authentic and 
you know, all that shows up in a very human way, and we don't want to turn it into something that feels like it's a new show, right? We want to keep the authenticity and the empathy kind of coming through. Yeah, I think I'm still in the tinkering mode. I'm still kind of figuring out what's what's the voice. I think some of the things I'm thinking about is actually beyond the, the podcast, but I think when, I don't think it's going to be this, but there's a Joy Rios in MySpace does Hit Like a Girl. So HIT stands for Healthcare Information Technology, and she's a big champion of getting more female professionals into that space. And she launched a podcast, and it's a whole community. They've got their own section at conferences. They do road trips. They do cocktail parties. I'm probably not going to be there, but there's just something where Joseph touched on earlier where I'm getting this accidental but but fantastic little community kicking up. And how do I think about the community around uh this style or whatever this idea is that I'm still trying to crystallize uh, and seeing where that takes me. Yeah, I think that's so cool too. We've thought about the community of the people that come on the show. They're all interested in giving back about people's careers. So is there a network of uh, mentorship in a way that could be created? Also people I think like networking with each other. I think yeah. a lot of our guests would like each other and have a lot in common and could value that as they all rise up and or have risen. Mm -hmm. I think taking advantage of the people themselves people would be up for it too. They invested that much in showing up, right? They yep. like it. They probably listened and shared it if they had a good experience. So what else can you do with them? Can you have an award show? Can you have a community? Can you have a Slack group? Can you do something fun? Have an event? Yeah. T-shirts, hats, Paul, are there going to be T-shirts or microdosing for the podcast? Okay, not, like, you've always had the coolest background. Like the rest of us oh, just yeah. have like, we're, we're just in a room. You're actually intentional about your background. I don't know. You've got some merch opportunities there, my friend. I stole Matt City. It. I've got a box of merch. I just got it done. Uh, drop me a comment. I can send you a hat, a cap, a scarf, a headband. But if you want some swag, I am going in the swag space for some extra comments. On just the so all podcasters and potential first. podcasters know, there is no money in merch. No, <laughs> I've invested none. in T-shirts, notebooks. It's great for advertising. It's great for marketing and customer loyalty. You will not make money. In fact, you will lose money yes. if you order a box of shirts in every size. <laughs> my merch is my marketing budget. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think we got enough, but I wouldn't mind doing one quick round robin and actually stealing um, Matt's closing question. And I'll probably kick it to Matt first, but give me a thank you note, Matt. My thank you note would be not about my career because I do that on the, on the show, but to people who spend the time teaching other people about podcasts. Like this guy, Jay Acunzo, who I took a workshop with actually, so I did actually pay him, but he still continues to be an advisor and keeps me focused on the show itself rather than just the marketing of it, which of course is all I want to do. I want to spend all day marketing the show. That's all I care about is buying you know, ads and getting placement on other shows and crossovers and things like that. But really he reminds me and re-steers me that the quality of the show and what makes it special is really what's going to make it grow and be meaningful in the world. So to keep your eye on that. So, so thank you, Jay. Let me give a shout yes. out to the, the squad at, at StudioPod Media in San Francisco who do everything from help with guest sourcing to the post-production of the show to providing a facility to do recordings in person, both for me and for guests. Um, when I got started with the show, I, I typed Podcast Studio San Francisco into Google, and it was pretty much the only hit that was like within a, you know, a mile of my house. And so I, I went with them and they were just getting started. I was just getting started. So we've been on this growth journey together and it's really cool to see all the amazing things they've done. The other day they had to 
send me a note to let me know that Ezra Klein was in the studio at the planned time that one of our guests was going to come in because he needed to do the Ezra Klein podcast recording. It's like, oh, so that's how far we've come. Better than Ezra, I am not. And so I lost that one. But listen, Studio Pod, love you guys. Thanks for all the work that you do. I'm going to thank my son, and I'll explain why. So last weekend, I went to London. He's actually working at Samsung. So, so I went to spend the weekend with him in London. And the only objective was to watch World Cup games. Like we spent the whole weekend, you know, it was four games a day, going to a pub, to a restaurant, to the hotel, just watching the games. And at some point I said, man, let's do a World Cup podcast. So we did a special episode. We recorded it on Sunday and published it an hour later. And he was great at it. He prepared for it and he knew what he was going to say. And it, was, it sounded so professional. So I want to thank him for that, for becoming a part of my podcast. Not to be overly sentimental, but a thank you to the three of you because you, you pushed me over the tipping point and I've learned a number of aspects in terms of getting the podcast and even doing this episode itself, which is like, I'd like to talk to the three of you and why shouldn't we record it? We should publish it. Does it fit my format? No, but in the true kind of like, let's just try it out and see where it goes. We did. So I appreciate you all joining this episode just to kick around ideas and how we got here. And thank you so much. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for listening to Microdosing. If you'd like more information on each of our podcasts for microdosing, you can go to md-pod.com. For Breakthrough Builders, you can go to breakthrough-builders.com. For Rising, you can go to rising-podcast.com. And for outliers, you can go to linkedin.com slash n slash outliers. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, cheers.